People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Welcome to episode 90 of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I am your co-host, Joe. I am here with my brother, Matt. Matt, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, we're back for episode 90 and uh, approaching the end of 2019. It just comes up on you, man. Like, where the hell has the year gone? I thought it was July yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and the weather's not helping either, you know? Yeah. Um, as always, we have wrestling on in the background. And Real my, wrestling. And my brother Matt here has picked the 1988 edition of NWA's War Games, the original War Games, mind you, um, taking place from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. This is the Great American Bash Tour Yep, that they did. Um, which, is, which is where War Games originated. Yeah, so that's uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. As we see uh, Bugsy McGraw in the ring as part of a tag match. I, it's been ages. I was telling Matt, it's been ages since I've I've watched this particular uh, Great American Bash. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember everybody, but I do remember Bugsy McGraw and his his uh, what did you call them? Nipple warmers. Nipple warmers. <laughs> yeah, he keeps he keeps pulling up his pants. <laughs> And like, they're already hiked up. Big yeah, time. I mean it's pretty much kissing his belly butt right now. And I <laughs> and I made the comment like if he keeps doing that, they're gonna be nipple warmer soon enough. I just <laughs> see like, how much higher can you get those pants? <laughs> <laughs> like you're not gonna see his ass crack, thankfully. And uh, you can thank him for that because he keeps pulling up his damn pants. So. <laughs> and uh, and Larry Zabisco is the other. The other person I recognize right off the bat. Uh, he came in the in the ring with a belt, but I don't know what belt that is right off the top of my head. Um, and then, of course, Teddy Long is the referee. <laughs> well, speaking of belts, let's, let's start off the show with belts because my partner here got to do something that I'm sure he's he's been wanting to do since his childhood. Absolutely. And that is to hold the NWA television championship the one that was uh was was held by the likes of arn anderson yes uh, the great muda like dude it was crazy it was i almost cried i mean those, those <laughs> moments i mean people out there can they can they can roll your eyes at that you know that's fine but those are like those moments that that fandom you know like you know it could be it could be going to a, a, a car show and, and sitting in DeLorean for the first time. You yeah. know, it's just like, oh, it's, it's a piece of your childhood or it's a piece of some kind of special memory. It's one of those moments, and I'm, I'm glad you got to, to witness that. It was a, a gentleman that we met at the, at a convention yes. that, uh, that, we, that Joe and I worked over the, over the past weekend, and uh, he was kind enough to, to, let you, uh, to let you hold it. I mean, it was for sale. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Christmas time, and we were there to make money, not spend money. So, <laughs> I I had told Joe as I, I if had I'd had that exact amount in my and in, in cash, I didn't have that much cash on me, I probably would have bought it. 
Wow. Because it was in it was in beautiful condition. It was, man. Absolutely. Good authentic piece. It wasn't a cheap plastic replica. Yeah, he he. Uh, we're we're actually gonna have him on a future episode, so be on the lookout for that. But uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, he he was talking about the belt, and um, you know everybody everybody who pays half ass attention to pro wrestling these days knows Arn Anderson is doing his own podcast along with Conrad Thompson, and uh, I had asked him. Uh, the gentleman's name is Bill. Bill from. I want to say Dalman Collectibles. Okay. If we um, get it wrong this y- episode, we'll get it right a future episode. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Sorry, um, Bill. He, uh, hell of a nice guy, him and his wife. I didn't catch his wife's name, but, um. What a great supporter. She's, she's not, she's clearly not into this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she came up, she came up to me <laughs> and she talked to me about like how much stuff he has. Yeah. And like be, me being a collector myself in, in, in video games, like I just I had so much appreciation for one him and and his love for something to, to really just absorb as much stuff as he has, and then two for her, I mean I'm sure I don't I don't know the guy personally I don't know how long they've been married but like that's true love right there when yeah, you it, could... it seemed quite a while <laughs> <laughs> you know she could roll her eyes on it but she wouldn't she would never ask you know never dare to say you can't do this anymore so I mean that that's that kind of goes hand in hand it was it, they were really cool people to, to meet and uh, yeah. I look I look forward to talking wrestling with uh with the wrestling collector yeah he was o- fun he was telling me he he has every NWA belt in existence except for the western states you know, uh, the yeah, the Western States title, um, which you can see on, you can get a really good look at it on the 1986 NWA, uh, Starcade 1986, Night of the Skywalkers, Sam Houston is the the one holding it at the time, he comes in with it, with the, with the title um, on hand, so, beautiful belt too, um, but yeah, I was... I was so enamored with uh, that TV title, man. It was fucking crazy. And uh, good luck, good luck, Bill, getting uh, Arn to sign it. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll happen one of these days because Arn is doing more and more conventions. Um, and uh, with with AEW officially announcing their next pay per view being in Chicago in our neck of the woods as part of C2E2, which yes. is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Huge, huge uh, show. If you've never been, it is quite the sight, quite the experience. As of this recording, I've been all, I've been nine out of ten years there. I didn't go last year for the first time. But uh, hell of a show, awesome fucking time. There's literally stuff for anyone in every, in every kind of fandom, including pro wrestling. I'm really hoping Arn Anderson shows up for, for some sort of an autograph session. Um, I think that would that would be so badass. Absolutely. Um, not only that too. I'll just quickly plug: December twentieth, you can get your tickets for that uh, pay per view that's happening there. AEW is going to be Revolution. Revolution. AEW's Revolution happening February 29th. That's Win- the second day of C two E two. Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois. So downtown, baby. Different venue, but it's not when I when you say downtown, it's not as bad. It's still a very reasonable downtown area. Yes, uh, yes. Because there is a downtown that just absolutely <laughs> fucking sucks. horrible. <laughs> United Center. If they go to United Center, you can count me out. 
because I just I don't I don't go. I, it kills me too because the United Center is a huge place. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's parking everywhere, but mm-hmm. just the way things are set up, there's never enough parking. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound like a thing, but it is completely a thing. Um, try going to a Bulls game when they're having a great season. Like it's fucking horrible. Or a Blackhawks game. Or a Blackhawks yeah. game. It's just it's so fucking horrible. The parking is just horrendous. So there's one thing that the the city, in my experience, um, no matter how much they plan for it, they can never get it spot on. Yeah. So. So we're gonna jump around a little bit here, and uh, you know this this episode after when by the time you guys hear this episode, the match would already have happened. Yes. But I, I have a little bit of issue with, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, um, with what I just read here. So, you know, Joe had told me that the World Tag League has come to an end. We have now a full card for Russell Kingdom both nights. Oh, excellent. I did not know this. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling is, is, is done for the year 2020, with the exception of three shows that are happening Thursday, December 19th through Saturday, December 21st. Okay. So three days in a row. And it's it's literally called Road to Tokyo Dome. So this is just pretty much hype matches, tag matches. If sure. You know. We all know now that Hiromu Takahashi is going to make his long-awaited debut, or, or should, I should say return, return yeah. to the ring, and he's going to challenge Will Ospreay for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. I didn't expect him to do anything before then. I expected him to make his triumphant return at Wrestle Kingdom. That is not the case anymore. Really? On Thursday, December 19th, and I'm assuming he's on all three shows. I don't know yet. Okay. But on December 19th, it is his comeback match. He is teaming with Bushi to take on the team of Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay in a tag team match. Holy shit. Big, I mean, it's a big match. It's great. It's, it's great for... Selling tickets, if you will. But did are, are they jumping the shark here with bringing him back this early, or is this smart business? It's smart business, and, and, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, if you go back, uh, and again, you can watch this on uh, New Japan, or NJPW World. I'm sorry, NJPW World. That sounds better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm so excited. But uh, you can watch that. Uh, on that streaming service, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW will take you there. Again, eight or nine bucks a month will will get you uh, access to everything that's on there, archived, um, both English and Japanese content. Uh, but if you go back to um, when he returned, it was the last, I think it was the last night of was that Junior Tag League? Yeah. Okay. Where he came back? Yeah. yeah. So he comes back on I, that. I think it was technically Power Struggle. Power Struggle. Mm. So he comes back on the very last night of Power Struggle. Will Ospreay's in the ring trying to um, work on his Japanese, being a new uh, a new addition to that community out there. And uh, about a third way through his promo, the... The, their Titan Tron hits and you see these graphics come up and uh, 
everything is pointing to that it is the time bomb himself. And sure as shit, he comes out in the flesh and he meets Will Ospreay in the ring to challenge Will Ospreay for that title um, at Russell Kingdom. And when he does that, he he makes it a point to, to let Will Ospreay know that he is completely worthy of getting a title shot. And the way he does that is he starts taking some really fucked up bumps. For someone who just came back from, I think it was, what, eight months gone? Oh, more than that. Was over, over a year at that point. Okay. Yeah. So he's gone that long, and, you know, you don't want to see him re-injure himself, but he was doing some crazy-ass bumps in the ring that night. And he got up, no problem. He wasn't hurting uh, you know there was, you know there was nothing visible, visibly. Um, he wasn't visibly shaken, and that was really good to see. But it was also scary. It was also scary because he seemed just like he was being completely careless. Yeah, and uh, you don't want a guy to come back his first appearance after being hurt all that while mm-hmm. and then fuck himself up all over Especially again. Especially not even in a match. Yeah, it was just for a promo. Mm-hmm. So. But to see him do that and go through those bumps and walk away like nothing ever happened, um, that completely sold me. So that's my vote. Smart business. Um, But think about it too, Matt. It's also the MO of New Japan Pro Wrestling. If they have a chance to hype a match, they're going to do it. And, (laughs) and, you know, they have... They they every every opportunity they have to hype the next big match they do it somehow some way, and that's part of the charm of that promotion. You don't see that, mm-hmm. at least not in that manner, with other companies. You just don't, and and I've never understood that because the moment I started watching New Japan, you you realize every show they have. Guess what? Especially if they're back to back shows or back to back to back shows. You're going to get a preview. You're going to get a preview match in some shape or form. And it just always made sense to me. Yeah. It, it, it really it really does. And I, I love it. I love the idea. I love that they do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's face it. they work. That promotion is predominantly strong style. They don't take it easier on their talent. So <laughs> it, to me, this was like a no-brainer. When you just told me right now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're gonna make them work. <laughs> they're paying them now. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, as I said, Wrestle Kingdom is 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 officially booked. Uh, not that we need to talk about it, but I'll just I'll quickly run down both nights to, to kind of hype what you're gonna see here in a few weeks. Here, just a few weeks. Yeah, January fourth, January fifth. Double nights now, two nights of, of this kind of action. It's getting close. Uh, you got Jushin Thunder Liger, who, by the way, once he does these mat this match, and he's doing both nights. Once he does this match, he will have officially competed in five different decades. That's insane. Yeah. And then he's retired. And then he's retired. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger is teaming up with uh, the likes of Tiger Mask, the Great Sasuke. And Tatsumi Fujinami is coming back to take on the team of Rusuke Taguchi, Tatsuhiro Takawa, Shinjiro Otani, and Naoki Sano in an eight-man tag match. These are all legends that are coming back. It's fucking phenomenal. 
Uh, you got Lij versus Suzuki-gun, Bushi, Takagi, Evil and Sonata versus El Desperado, Taichi, Monroe Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. Eight-man tag. You got Chaos versus Bullet Club, Yoshihashi, Toriyano, Ishii, and Hiroki Goto versus Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, Bad Luck Fale, and Kenta. Eight-man tag match. Title matches here. G.O.D. versus the winners of World Tag League, Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson. By the way, G.O.D., Tamatanga, Tangaloa, you can hear us talk about them in our Good Brothers Tournament. That is for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Uh, Lance Archer is going to defend the U.S. Heavyweight Championship against a man that never technically lost it in a match. And that is John Moxley. They are officially calling this one a Texas death match. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title against the returning Hiromu Takahashi. Jay White defending the IC title, Intercontinental Championship against Destino himself, Tetsuya Naito. And the main event for night one will be Kazuchika Okada defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against the 2019 G1 Climax winner, Kota Ibushi. And. That's just night one. This is night one. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I told you night two is books. Night two will be Jushin Thunder Liger ver- uh, teaming up with Naoki Sano versus Hiromu Takahashi, who could be the new champion, and Ryu Lee, which is known as Dragon Lee. Yeah, formerly known as Dragon Lee because CMLL owns the, the rights to the Dragon Lee character. So he is now officially Ryu Lee wherever he goes. And there you have it. So, thanks, CMLO. <laughs> um, that's going to be a tag team match. Jushin Dunn Liger's last match ever. Yeah, and and I'm surprised you're telling me that it's a tag match. Be- I am too. Because uh, initially it was supposed to be a one-on-one against Ryu Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they changed it to a three-way with them two and someone else I, who I'm forgetting right now, but now apparently it's a tag match. So that could technically change again if that's if it's been changing that much. Yeah, uh, you got Bullet Club, El Fantasmo, and Taiji Ishimori defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against Sho and Yo of Rapongi 3K. They are the 2019 uh, Super Junior Tag League winners. That's gonna be a hell of a match. I think a three years running champs on. Uh, yeah, I think so. Super Junior Tag. Uh, you have Zack Sabre Jr. defending the Rev Pro Wrestling British Heavyweight Championship against Sonata. Ooh. So that's going to be a good match. Uh, the sur- I'll call it this. The survivor of that Texas death match <laughs> <laughs> will defend that uh, U.S. Heavyweight Championship against Juice Robinson. Uh, night two. Wow. Okay. Kenta is going to defend the Never Openweight Championship against Hiroki Goto. And uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, the so you got Jay White and versus Tetsuya Naito, and you got Abushi versus Okada. The losers of those matches, or should I say, the guys who don't walk away as winners or, or, or as champions, I should say. Okay. Um. We'll face each other in a singles match. Okay. In between that match and the main event will be a special match between Chris Jericho versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. 
so Tanahashi apparently is only competing on one of these shows unless he is put in there somewhere. Sure. And for night one. Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> uh, and in our main event, and I don't know if, if if how long this has happened since how long it's been since this has happened if it's ever happened before, but the IWGP Intercontinental Champion will take on the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. And someone's walking out with two titles. Two titles. You know they've been they've been touting this all year, and um, again credit credit goes to the the bookers over there, uh, Jado and Gato. Yeah. People people have a problem with New Japan and the way they book stuff, and I'm, I keep telling people I had a conversation not too long ago with this guy. Like, hey, you're a big fan of Mid South. How do you not see the resemblance to what they're, they're you know? <laughs> no, no, they're completely different. Look at the way they're booking this shit. All year, New Japan, if you've been paying attention, you've. it seemed like month after month you had an, another competitor um, joining the conversation of wanting to become a double champion. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where, like, you had multiple guys, and they're like, fuck this, I'm going to be the better double champion, you wait and see, yeah. you know, and it's just been, they've been one-upping each other all year, um, and now it's going to finally come to a head. Those those two main event matches for both nights, I eagerly anticipate, man. I am so excited. I, I don't know that much about New Japan history, so mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you if it's ever happened before. But either way, I'm so fucking excited. It's like, not something you see anywhere right? that often. So, I can't wait. And, and at this point, I don't even care who, who wins or loses. It's just, gonna, I know it's going to, they're going to be hell, hell of a fucking matches to watch. I care. <laughs> I care because I've been waiting. I've been waiting and I've been waiting and I've been waiting for Destino. Well, yo, you and I both. <laughs> You and I both, uh, you know, this is this is something that goes back to pretty much the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, and yeah, what what a way to what a way to win it. You know, you and I have talked, you know, multiple episodes about it. You know, when's his time going to be? When's his time going to be? Maybe this is what. Maybe th- this is you know, n- not to sound like. Uh, <laughs> Like I'm, I'm talking serendipitously about Los Ingobernables and, yeah. and you know Destino, but maybe it is in his destiny not to just you know go without it for so long, and then when he hits it, he hits it big because he's getting two titles. We'll see. I mean, if anybody's deserving of of that moniker, I think he's he's definitely in the running. Yeah, yeah. To me, it, it, it's it's probably going to come down to two guys, and and it's it's. Obvious for a lot of people, I think, but I feel if anyone that's worthy enough to do this kind of match in New Japan, it's Okada and it's Naito, and and what a way to finish that that rivalry. That rivalry, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, so I mean, it, with all due respect to Ibushi and Jay White, fantastic wrestler. Jay White has just come since, so far, so dude. far in Jeez. such a short period of time. Such a young wrestler that. Just gets it. He get, he gets it in so many ways. Um, definitely deserving to be a double champion in his own right. But for me personally, I I would I would say if I'm gonna bet on it, and maybe it's because it's the easy obvious pick, but it's 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 to me it's Okada and it's Naito. Um, 
I could see Okada taking both titles, but man, that that's especially if Naito wins. I think, and that's not saying that Okada doesn't have his fan base because he does. But that Tokyo Dome, all fifty plus thousand people are gonna go fucking nuts if it's Naito because they they we're not the only ones that've been waiting for this. Well. So we have like this alternate storyline that's been building up, and it's because of the elite. They, you can sit there and and, and argue with me, and, and some of you have, <laughs> but like them or not, whether you're fans or not, they have definitely um, created uh, the equivalent of an earthquake within professional wrestling. Not only do you know they have their own company now, or yeah. they're part of their own company, um, just the way they left things with other promotions in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Ring of Honor is still feeling the effects, <clears throat> and then New Japan. In in uh, you know if if you're if you're paying attention to that that story uh, going on when they left New Japan. It was it was a big fucking deal because at the time Kenny Omega was the hottest commodity in professional wrestling, no doubt about it. And again, you could be mad at that, whatever. It was the truth. Everybody wanted him, even Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. But when he left, there was this for for a, a quick second, for a hot minute, there was this void in New Japan. Like, holy shit, you know, you took a major contender for that title off off of your roster, and it sucks, and, you know, you guys can't do business anymore or whatever. What are you guys going to do? And I, me personally, I wasn't worried because just the way they book. Like, they always have strong booking. But it was kind of disheartening to see them go with Okada as their champ. Um, to me, it was like a safe, a safe pick. Um... I'm not saying he isn't worthy of the title. Sure, sure, Obviously, sure. he's worthy, but um, they could have went a, a, a myriad of ways. And, and I'm, I always ask myself, why? Why do they book things the way they do? But it speaks to the level of thought put into their booking. Because guess what? If they did this on purpose, which all their booking is on purpose, obviously. Sure. Um, if they did this with the intent to just build that even more anticipation for a possible Naito reign as a double champ, it's perfect. You've now set the stage completely, you know? And you can throw in red herrings like a Jay White mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and an Ibushi. Yeah. Um, and, and the stage is now set for that story to unfold and, and finish. And, and one last thing here, yeah, yeah. if we're if we're picking people again, um, it's it's not to sound like a complete dork here, but it is almost written in the stars for it to happen this way. Right. Um, again, no shots against Jay White or Ibushi. I think they're great talents, but from from my money, because of what happened, this is getting back to what I'm I'm coming full circle here with the elite. Right. 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 Kenny Omega left a sour taste in New Japan's mouth. There's no doubt about it. So I think the last thing they're going to do is give two titles to a gaijin. At least right now. Mm-hmm. So that leaves Jay White out of the running. And then Ibushi, 
again, awesome fucking talent. But if you've if you've paid attention to New Japan time and time again, something doesn't add up for him to be a double champion. You know what it is? He's too young. Yeah. He's too young and inexperienced. And I don't mean by age. I just mean inexperienced for what they want to do with him. Is he a future world heavyweight champion? Yeah. Absolutely. You made the perfect point with that, too. Uh, many podcasts, maybe a few months ago, that when we were picking G1, actually, even though, even though I, I, I picked him and, and, and you know I was right about that, but you made a very good point. He signed a long-term deal. Yeah. Ibushi isn't going anywhere. So 2020 doesn't have to be Ibushi's year. And and for for those that are diehard Ibushi fans, we're with you on that. It just it doesn't have to be this year. Not to say it has to be Naito's year, but to go on to your to, to to add to your point, you know, this is this right here is as the most patient amount of booking you could possibly do. Because if that is the case, if this was all Naito the entire t- the entire way, I, I brought up this point. I brought up this movie many probably at some point last year in a podcast terrible fucking movie um it's called draft day it's about the fucking nfl draft okay so he goes through all this bullshit about about the draft and you know making trades making deals and blah 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 blah, blah all this stuff terrible terrible another terrible kevin costner movie uh <laughs> um at the end he digs into his pocket so he, he writes something down in uh, on, a, on a little piece of paper he puts in his pocket in the beginning of the movie and at the end you for, you forget about that piece of paper but then he takes it out and it was the draft pick that he was going to pick and he says no matter what we're going with this okay so you go through this entire fucking like crazy bullshit shenanigan type stuff and no matter what he was going to get this guy as far as like build up goes it was poorly done on their end but for New Japan, it's it's it is it is indeed the perfect storm for them because it's everything has been the setup for Naito going back to last year's G One where the fucking entire arena was in tears pretty much because yeah. Oh, yeah. when Zack Sabre Junior knocked him out of the running, I mean he was the favorite to win the G One that year, you know the, the the year that he fought Okada at Wrestle Kingdom couple years ago and just coming so damn close hitting Destino actually getting Okada and Okada still kicks out and it's like oh my god what is it going to take <laughs> for him to finally capture that title and I get it he's been champion before but Naito will be the first one to tell you that one doesn't count yeah so you know it's like when is when is it finally going to happen and this is this is the perfect situation from the do that and if they don't do it, I'm sure it'll work out regardless still. But, sure. you know, this right here, for me, not because I'm a huge Naito fan, but because this is really good booking. If you finally give it to him, my God, I mean, you, you hit a home run. You hit a grand slam. And I want to make this point because there's somebody out there that, that does, that, you know, says they're listening at least to the podcast. Thank you for listening, but this is what I mean. This is a WWE mark. Okay. Um, you know, talking about NXT and, and, and AEW, and AEW is a joke because they haven't, according to this gentleman, I use that term loosely, uh, <laughs> they haven't, like, produced enough talent. I think, you know, they just got started, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's, 
It's not. Yeah, this is my point. But yeah. So, like, as of this, you know, by the time you guys hear this, it's two months. Two months. Yeah. Since they started. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and I, I made a point. I was like, well, you mean like how WWE takes 11 years to finally build up Kofi Kingston just to have him lose that title in nine seconds? I was like, you mean build up guys like that? Damn. You know, because that's homegrown talent. I mean, first of all, homegrown talent doesn't necessarily exist anymore in, mm-hmm. in a way that we used to think about it because independent wrestling is all over the fucking place. Yeah. And we can see it now. So, you know, you get a guy that comes from AEW from, you know, some bingo hall, if you will, there's a good chance that we've already seen him work or seen, yeah. seen her work. So, it's, it's hard. If you're going to be a prick like that, then really nobody has homegrown talent because that doesn't really exist anymore. No. Not, it's, not, it's, it's very rare these days yeah. that you get a guy that stays in one promotion... Or, or considers a promotion his home promotion. Exactly, yeah. Um, to finish up the New Japan conversation, uh, of course, New Year, New Year Dash is still happening. That's happening on Monday, January 6th. Uh, they're doing uh, Oda City General Gymnasium this time for New Year Dash. That's, okay. But it's still in Tokyo. Uh, obviously, Fantastic Mania is happening right after that, but Wrestle Kingdom isn't the only thing that's being extended. The new beginning is being extended because they're coming to the United States. Yeah, baby. They're coming to... They're doing four dates in late January, early February. Take the back. Five dates. They're going to be in Tampa, Florida, uh, Tennessee. I'm not sure what city that's going to be in. Durham, North Carolina, Miami, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. And then they go to back to Japan to do the new beginning all over again yeah. uh, in Sapporo and, and Osaka. So there's a lot going on. A lot going on in New Japan, man. And it's, it's, it's 20, fucking... 2020 for New Japan is going to be fucking huge. Huge. Absolutely fucking huge. Uh, we Again, we get to see... We see the... the, the, the we say our goodbyes to the legendary Juice and Dunno Liger. Uh, they, have, they announced, too, that uh, Tiger Hattori is going to have a special event happening for him in February. And, you know, and then, of course... Right after all that's done, you got New Japan Road, you got New Japan Cup, you got the anniversary show. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired already. That's a lot of that's a lot of fucking wrestling. All of that is for you to watch. Twenty X Twenty Crew dot com slash podcast slash NJPW, and uh, you get thirty days. Yeah, for free. Yeah, I, I was uh, oh so happy to hear that when they bumped it up to to thirty days because. Uh, Let's be honest, man. There's so much shit on that streaming service. Mm-hmm. Just English commentary alone. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them obviously are the same shows or whatever, but all the older stuff is still in, in Japanese, but just the, the amount of shit that's on there is, right. is ridiculous. You know, too, some people some people don't like the fact that they don't have a regular schedule. Uh, they, they want weekly wrestling, weekly wrestling, weekly wrestling. For what? So you get tired of it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... For what? So you, you fucking, <laughs> you know, you sit there and get bored and, you know, just, oh, I get to see this guy again? But oh, when they that. when they finally, when they do it, when because they, they do tours, like, they give you more than enough that you can handle. Yeah, they're and, fucking, oh, man. <laughs> so sometimes you need a two or three week break to catch up because it's, it's so much to keep 
to keep up with. It, I'm telling you, especially like the the tag league, like world tag league, and, and yeah. the, the junior tag tournament. You you get like you know 15 shows in 20 days or some shit like that, and it's, dude, it's a fucking marathon. Yeah. It, it, for anybody watching wrestling, like, and then you know we're not talking small shows. These are like three, four hour shows. Yeah. It's like what the fuck, man. That's a lot of fucking wrestling to to have to sit there and digest. A lot of fucking wrestling. Um, I do want to point out to the wrestling marks again, uh, and I'm not pro, I'm not on AEW's bandwagon, but uh, AEW did beat NXT. They they're back in the number one spot in the Wednesday Night Wars. So, but to add to that, both saw a decline in viewership. Well, here's the thing. It, this is this is the point that the reason why I brought this up because we talked about weekly wrestling. How many of you, and be honest, <laughs> how many of you are actually watching every single week? I'm not. I, I can't. So so far, I have. You have okay. Yes. Well, you know, but it's also only been two months. Yeah. And you know. Well, that's it, why I say so it, far yeah. because eventually something's going to come. Something's going to come up, and you know, Joe's one of those guys that's, and I can tell you this right now, it's like. You know, if for something important like being with his family or anything else, it'd be like, well, I'm not. So, I, I can record it, and if I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. You know, that's just how everything has to work. So, same thing with you know, like uh, you know, somebody I pointed out that AEW only does small venues. You know, they're not. They 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 don't have the you know, the balls to do Allstate Arena or United Center. First of all, nobody's doing United Center because the taxes are too goddamn high. Yeah, I, they're only doing fucking wind trust because of C two E two. That's the only and reason. It's, it's right by McCormick yeah. Place. That's the only reason. Uh, the taxes are way too damn high. That's why WWE doesn't do United Center. Yeah. Because it, the taxes are too fucking high. And and from from uh, from all the accounts from Mister Wrestling Six who attended War Games, mm-hmm. uh, the seating has gotten much more abysmal at the Allstate Arena or whatever they call oh, it. Oh yeah. Days. Yeah, they they made the seats smaller, and I'm six. Well, I used to be six foot eight. I'm six foot five. You know, two hundred forty pounds. I'm not a small person, ladies and gentlemen. Um, years ago, during the Attitude Era, yeah. me trying to sit my big ass, who was who was like roughly, you know, two seventy five back then. Sure, sure, sure. In those fucking seats, was hard. Mm-hmm. Now there's smaller seats. Than they were back then, I might as well not go to the show. Yeah, fuck that. You know. Um. But going back to to the point I was trying to make about about wrestling, the it's the same situation with live live events. You know, and it's not just you know not just Raw and SmackDown. Everybody's gonna have a problem filling out arenas every single week. Yeah, it's just it's impossible, especially with all the different uh, talent and organizations out there now. Yeah. It's no sellouts, and I'm probably gonna get heat for this, but sellouts should not be a thing mm-hmm. unless you're white hot. Just because there's so many, think of WrestleMania weekend. Well, yeah. work a little, work, not just WrestleMania is that weekend, but you have their Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and then you have like but anywhere from ten to twenty-five different wrestling shows happening that on, weekend. On top of access, on top of access, on top of the Hall of Fame, yeah. on top of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't make sense for anybody to do huge venues. Right. Anybody. WWE, yeah, because they are that big. They are the conglomerate that they, they claim to be. They, you know, they recently won, I don't remember who it was. It was some major company. But they gave them this, like, Entertainers of the Year award mm-hmm. for showmanship. Because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what they do best. I will give them that hands down. They are, no, the, they are the glitz and glamour. Yeah, no one does glitz and glamour like the WWE. Right. Because they have that production value. They're able to do that all the damn time. You can't do that with AEW. You can't do, it, do that with New Japan mm-hmm. week after week or month after month. It doesn't make sense. Besides, when you watch those programs, are you there to watch a, a fucking 15-minute entrance? I don't want to see a yeah. fucking... 20 minute helicopter fucking ride every every we're, we're fucking we're never letting that go Charlotte I'm, no I'm not nope you know nobody can never want, get that back nobody wants to see that time and time and time again you know one of the things I do on this podcast quite a, quite a bit is I I compare wrestling to metal because they're two of my loves sure yeah. I, I love heavy metal I know some people are going to be really disappointed in me in this uh oh uh oh but I, I look at I look at talking about WWE and the rest of professional wrestling the way I talk about Metallica and the rest of heavy metal. I hate going to Metallica shows because okay. you get the same shit. You get the Black Album, which isn't a bad album. I'm not bashing the Black Album. It's just way overplayed and nowhere near their best album. Uh, and that's my opinion. I, I admit that. But you get a lot of that. You get more pyro than solos. It's all about the pyro. You get fucking balloons. You get fucking all this other bullshit that doesn't fucking matter. And why I've always loved Slayer? Because no matter when, if I was watching an old Slayer VHS from the 80s or going to their shows now, again, Happy Retirement, it was a Slayer show. Yeah. It was, they were going to kick your fucking ass. And just play for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, and just shred and own that stage. There's no glitch and glamour. There's no. I mean, yeah, sometimes they'd have pyro, but it was it, it didn't take. But, but nothing like the yeah. level of a Metallica show. Yeah, or but you no, know, I've seen them at venues where they didn't have any of that shit because you couldn't fit that on the stage. Right. So they just played. It's just it, it live fucking music. The same thing. Reason why I go to a wrestling show, I'll go to a gymnasium. And, and have the same amount of fun as I would going to the United Center or Allstate Arena or wherever the you know AEW or WWE is at because it's just it's live wrestling. Yeah, I'm no. there to watch you work in the ring. <laughs> I'm not there to watch you you know do whatever the fuck you do for your ring entrance. Very few people will even captivate me in a ring entrance, anyways. You know, Undertaker's one of them. The first yeah. time you see Al- Alistair Black. That was cool. Yeah. Other than that, you know, all I do is walking down in the ring yeah. to a song. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's do they the glitz and glamour? Absolutely, and, and and nobody in their right mind should ever take that away from WWE at this day and age. But it's all irrelevant. It, it was so irrelevant that even WWE took away their shit. Like, do we really need pyro? I know it was to save money, but do we really need this? Well, uh, even though it's brought back now, now that you now that you bring this up, like how how are how are those that WWE mark or how are those WWE marks? How do they feel about that? 
how do they feel about something like Pyro being brought back? Mm-hmm. That never comes up in in uh, in their arguments. Yeah. Like if it was so fucking important and and they're supposed to be giving you the best that they got, why did they make the business decision to take it away in the first place? Yeah. Why? Because it's bad for business. <laughs> if you don't need to, it's a it's a fucking expenditure you do not need. Yeah. Same fucking effect. There's just less fireworks. Yeah. You know how do you not understand where we're coming from with this? You know. I mean, you look at a lot of those wrestling fans too, especially the the older ones. They grew up, you know, joining the revolution, if you will, with ECW. And if you go back and watch the ECW documentaries, Paul Heyman, always, you didn't have the money for it, you accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have money for the glitz and glamour, well, then what's out in that ring is going to be the best thing that you've ever seen. Yep. And that's, it's not the, the sense that New Japan doesn't have the money. Because they do. Absolutely. Well, they just fucking, what, like a month or so ago, they bought Stardom. They bought an entire fucking wrestling company. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, they, they have the fucking dough. They, they continuously grow internationally as well. And the only reason why they're not as internationally known is because of them. They're, yeah. They are, they are the ones that stunted their own growth because they're so old school that they're just now realizing, hey... America wants to see this. And I know that a lot of that has to do with Gaijin wrestlers like Kenny Omega helps bridge that gap. But now that's, even though he's gone, that bridge still exists. We still want to see their product. So it's not that, the, you know, nobody cared. It's just they kept to themselves on their own fucking island. Yeah. Now that they're doing this, they're growing even more. You still are going to see them do little fucking hauls. Yeah. For their shows, because why why do these big venues all the time if you don't have to? Yeah, you know I don't I don't care where I see Minoru Suzuki fight. I just like to watch him fight. Yeah, I don't care if there's fifteen people or fifty million people. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there and watch that old man beat the ever loving <laughs> shit out of whoever's in that ring or young lions outside. Or, or yes, or young lions, <laughs> absolutely. So. During this war, a Wednesday night war, if you will, keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to see a wave. And you're going to see a wave whether NXT went to Thursday nights and left AEW alone or or vice versa. You're going to see that wave. Weekly TV show. Look at any fucking TV show that exists. And you're going to see a decline in in viewership. It's, it's, It's going to happen. That's yeah. with every show. You look at MLB. MLB is the, the richest sporting company out there, even bigger than the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, some people are like, no, that's not true because the NFL has a Super Bowl and they have sold-out venues. But the NFL is only doing 16-game seasons where MLB is doing 162. Yeah. So you're comparing 10 home games to somebody having 81. Yeah, that's there's, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, that's why Garrett Cole can make $36 million a year now for the next nine years. Uh, <laughs> fucking Yankees, man. I'm telling you. Uh, so, you, MLB has the most money, but very rarely do they sell out venues. Yeah. Because it's every day. Yeah. It's, every, it's an everyday thing. People, don't, people can't fucking watch. It, it, no matter what f- team you are, and I don't care how hardcore of a fan you are, 
it is fucking impossible or damn near impossible to watch every single game of your favorite team. It's easy in football. Well, uh, there's but, only sixteen uh, of them. It's easy, but it's also not. Every everybody I have ever known in my entire fucking life on this planet Earth who was a season ticket holder for an NFL franchise. Yeah. Guess what? You never make it to every game. There, yeah. You. It's you, hard. It's hard. It's life hard. life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. You know. Yeah. I've never known anyone, anyone. To, to make mm-hmm. every fucking game, yeah. it's just impossible. You know, it's 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 that fandom that you know you you brought it up last week with the comic books and buying comic books at you know every single Thursday or whatever day. I mean, they come kudos, out. yeah, Wednesdays. Wednesday, Kudo, sorry. Kudos to those who can do it and, yeah. and do it. Like I'm not trying to take that away from you, but at the same token, like mm-hmm. that's not me. I've yeah. never been that person. I love stories. Yeah. I love stories, but I'm also a patient person, and guess what? I don't have to fucking have it right away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, you know, it, it's going to happen eventually. You know, same thing with with game collecting. You know, I mean, oh, you're a game collector, but you don't have this game, you don't have that game, you don't have this game. First of all, I have plenty of games. All right, I I'm sitting here looking at it. <laughs> they're all over the damn place. I I have quite the collection. It, it's not the biggest collection in the world, but it's 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 pretty big. And I you know and uh I have games that other collectors don't have and they have games that I don't have. Yeah. But it's it's that level of fandom where you you know, once you get into it and you become a seasoned vet, you realize, "Hey, I can't do it all." Yeah. You just it's, can't. It's impossible. Same thing with pro wrestling. We talked about it last week. We're going to promote all this wrestling because we want you to sit down and, and love the same product that we love. That's the reason why you're listening to this podcast. And because you love wrestling. But we know, just like um, most most of you fans know, that it is impossible to absorb it all. That's the beauty of listening to people like us, listening to other people out there, checking out results. Yeah. Social media. Hey, I didn't catch impact. All right, what happened? Yeah. Instead of watching the two-hour show, and I get that helps the ratings if you did to sure. go back and do it, but sometimes it's just not possible. You, you, just, you just can't. So for for those people that are out there that are giving me a hard time about it, from now on, I'm going I'm going to send you to episode ninety of our podcast. <laughs> Listen to this excerpt here because that's really all I got to say about that. It just can't be done if you. If you want to watch it all, because I even call them out, like, if you're such a fan, then how come you don't watch NXT UK? Yeah. It's it's the same product, <laughs> it's just overseas. Yeah. You know, it's I, still just as fucking exciting, you know? Oh, that man. level of talent is, is definitely there. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Well, as we see Jim Cornette in the ring. Uh, <laughs> He's so young, too. We don't want to get get in trouble and say anything about Jim Cornette. So. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time to uh, take a break and uh, pay some bills, and uh, we'll be right back. This episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew is brought to you by GameStop. GameStop, where you can buy new and used video games, consoles, and accessories. 
Got games you no longer play? Trade them in for cash or credit towards a new game to add to your collection. Become a pro member and save even more money on your purchases, trade-ins, and even get special offers not available to everyone else. If games aren't your thing, GameStop has a wide range of toys, apparel, board games, and other collectibles including pop vinyls, including exclusives not sold anywhere else. Visit us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash GameStop to find out how you can get started and remember, power to the play. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hanging in there with us while we uh, paid some bills. As always, we have wrestling on in the background. We are still watching the 1988 edition of Great American Bash taking place in Greensboro, North Carolina at the Greensboro Coliseum. Very historic building when it comes to professional wrestling. And we're about to watch war games. You've got the Horsemen against uh, Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, Lex Luger, and Dr. Death Steve Williams. Uh, the Horsemen at this point in time are Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and Barry Windham. You know what's going to happen, Matt? There's going to be buckets of blood. <laughs> Look, Tony Scavone knows it too. <laughs> Fucking Arn's the first one in. Shit, I'm about to bleed a whole bucket. Fuck you guys. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> as we sit here and enjoy war games, uh, we are we're taking the second half of this episode to further uh, our fantasy tag team tournament that is the 2019 edition of the good brothers tag team tournament where all of our tag teams are brothers in some form or fashion whether it be kayfabe or not and uh, if you've been following over the weeks um it's been it's been fucking crazy uh, to say the least uh, you know you've had the usos versus the brothers of destruction which is like holy shit, I feel sorry for, for for the Usos. Yeah, still feel sorry for the Usos. Uh, you know, last Great week. Great tag team, man. Yeah, oh yeah, last week we did. Uh, you know, the Dudleys against Edge and Christian, which, um, you know, people have seen before, but we got to weigh in officially for the first time. Right. You know? So uh, this week we're gonna do four more matches to further the first round of the tournament. And without any further ado. Match number one is going to be the Guerrero Brothers taking on the Sheep Herders. And when we first talked about this matchup, uh, we had mentioned the um, the Bushwhackers. Yes. But we pretty much brought to our own attention like, hey, if we're taking them as a serious tag team, it wouldn't be the WWF version because, let's face it, that was... It's just campy at best. Yeah. You know? Um, I remember them. Obviously, we watched them earlier mm-hmm. here on uh, Great American Bash. But um, for my money, I really like the AWA version of the Sheep Herders or the Bushwhackers, whatever you want to call them, Luke and Butch. Because they were they were probably the most cutthroat. Um, at least that's how I remember them. Um, I actually liked them better in the AWA growing up than I did the NWA. 
and that's saying that's saying a whole lot because um, it wasn't like they had uh, as we watched Anderson, Arn Anderson start his bucket of blood <laughs> in the NWA. You know, there's no watering down right back then. So you know, you got you got what you paid for, and they were they were reckless and whatever. But uh, the AWA, for the sheep herders anyway, was uh, filled with much more reckless abandonment. <laughs> Uh, here we have them taking on the Guerreros, who we picked to be Eddie and Chavo. Chavo Classic, right? Chavo Classic, yeah. All right. A lot of people, again, a lot of people would want the Chavo Junior, but they are not brothers. Hey, little trooper! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had to go with the actual brothers. That was our rules. We 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 do that to ourselves, and we have no regrets on that. Uh, but yeah, it is Eddie and Chavo versus uh, Butch and Luke. Guerreros versus the Sheep Herders. What's your thoughts? I agree with everything you said about the Sheep Herders. Uh, obviously, you know more about them in AWA than, than I would. I've seen a few matches from them in, uh, in AWA. But um, the Guerreros are, are an intriguing wrestling family because it's it's hard to categorize them you know they obviously come from a mexican family background so we think of mexican wrestlers you think of lucha libre of course and to to sum up the guerreros as lucha libre wrestlers is completely wrong yeah absolutely (laughs) though they have that style they do wrestle that style but there's very much so there's a there's a very big technical wrestling style to it so you take technical wrestling you take lucha libre you put that together, you have really the core of what the Guerreros are about, especially Eddie and Chavo, uh, especially Eddie, who out of all of those, I, I feel, I think many would agree, exceeded all of his, all of his brothers uh, as far as where he became as a wrestler. Uh, as far as, as this tag team, I won't, as far as this tournament, I should say, I won't advance him too much right now. In his career, but as good as the sheep herders are for me, it, it's one of those things where I, I use this at for other wrestlers. The Guerreros are more well traveled, and they have more. They have a more variety of style. That's to, for sure. To that's for damn sure to their game, <laughs> um, and that's not me shitting on or, or, or shitting on the, the sheep herders, but the sheep herders. Whether they were sheep herders or the bushwhackers, it was kind of the same style in the sense that they're a very roughneck style of, of, of wrestling. Yeah. Whether they mm-hmm. were doing it to kick your ass or doing it to be goofy while kicking your ass, I guess, it was still roughneck. Sure. And, and that was, I don't want to say basically it, but that, that was basically it. That was basically you it. You know, it worked. Oh, yeah. It worked for what they were doing, but from for my money, I, I go with the Guerreros in this round. I agree. I agree with you. I, I, I think that's a really good point of them being much more well-traveled um, and just the variety of styles that uh, that they have in their repertoire. I think that right there's enough to put them over the Sheep Herders. Really quick, I wanted yeah. to get your opinion. Uh, I know you haven't watched it as of this recording, but uh-huh. on uh, the 11th of December, that edition of AEW Dynamite, um, Jim Ross quickly reminded the fans on commentary when Sammy Guevara came out 
that he had uh, compared Sammy Guevara to a young Eddie Guerrero, and he got a bunch of fucking heat for it. What do you think about that statement? Uh, it's it's a it's definitely a ballsy statement to make for one, so I can see why he's getting the heat. It to me, it's it's to be determined. You know, I'm I'm not saying. Oh that, sure, he's, I'm not saying he's wrong. Guevara's very young. Yeah, I'm not saying he's wrong, but I, I think any time that you you no matter what um, entity you're talking about, you know, the next Michael Jordan, the next this and next that, it's hard because it's like you're comparing to somebody that's already well established. Um, with that being said, Sammy Guevara is a legit guy in that ring and. There's a reason why he's in a faction with Chris Jericho. It's not by accident. So for him to say that, there's something there. There's definitely a spark there. The kid's got the wrestling ability, of course. Um, the 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 heelish antics or the the persona is continuously growing. I, I think I think that continue to work. Eddie Guerrero. Let's 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 not forget. Eddie Guerrero wasn't an overnight sensation on the mic. It took him, it took him a long time. So uh, there was a there was plenty of times where Eddie Guerrero was just a guy wearing a fucking full body singlet and a weird white jacket. It didn't say a whole lot, <laughs> but but at the same time he was in a rivalry with the likes of Ric Flair, and that was on purpose. There was a reason for that. So you know, it, it, it's it's very much I I can see what he's saying, and I and, and although I don't fully agree with it, I'm certainly not going to bash Jim Ross on on what he said because as far as Young prospects go. Sammy Guevara is one of the it factors, and uh, I would like to see where his where his career continues to grow. So I'm not again. I don't I don't hate that uh, that statement. So they certainly don't bash it. That's for sure. Uh, speaking of bashing, next up we have the Basham brothers taking on Billy and Bart Gun the Guns, as it were. Now. <laughs> Maybe I missed something, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Guns were solely a WWF tag team. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I forget how they got put together, but yeah, um, Barton Billy. I th- I forget. Uh, was this before or after Bart did the teaming with Bob Holly? I think this was before. He was. What was he? Uh, Right. Bodacious Bart. Bodacious Bart. And That's right. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is before that. Yeah, yes, yeah, so they were the, the smoking guns, um, and they had like fake pistols that they shot at the crowd. And <laughs> it was stupid, but they were over with the crowd. This is you know early nineties, ninety three, ninety four, WWF. So it makes sense. Uh, the Basham brothers were, they were built as identical twins that were not identical. <laughs> <laughs> so just, <laughs> so it just, that just didn't work for me either. <laughs> now, I mean, not only, they're not brothers, they, they could just call them twins. Like, okay, they're fraternal twins. Sure, sure. No, they're identical twins. <laughs> but they're not even related. So how are you going to pull that one off? Like, I just, I never understood that one. Uh, but they broke into the business in oh, WWE, Jesus. I should say, uh, in the early 2000s. They were, they got their first break as being like the bodyguards for JBL. Oh, that's so, right. So yeah. both of these are very gimmicky uh, oh, yeah, tag com- teams. Completely gimmicky. But I will say this, and this is going to be my pick here. 
the Basham brothers as a tandem, if you go back and actually watch them, they were a product of a horrible tag team division, but it was not their fault. Okay. They were actually really good workers, and I would have liked to have seen them go a little bit more. And if I'm on a fantasy book here real quick, I'm not going to go too deep into this. Okay. But a really good match for them, to put this in perspective for, for today's audience, would be the Revival. Oh yeah, you know oh, it's yeah. it's that kind of style. They were they were they were they were good technical wrestlers, but they they like to beat the piss out of you, and they cut off the ring in ways that were was very much unappreciative during that time. Um, the guns, they were cool for for that era, and it worked. And I'm saying they're bad wrestlers. Obviously, Billy Gunn was, is going to have plenty of success. Uh, later on in his career in the tag team division, but uh, it just they didn't seem cohesive. It didn't, right? it didn't mesh the way right. that that they try to push. I, for, for me, they stuck around for as long as they did because of the eye candy that they had. I was gonna say because of Sonny. So yeah, that makes and that's not a sexist sense. remark, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's the reality of it. That's what she was there for. That's exactly what she was there for, and it worked. Uh, so for me, I, I go Basham Brothers because I think they're the better duo out of the two. Well said. I agree with you completely. Because <laughs> for me, I mean, I, I get it. Both teams are gimmicky, mm-hmm. but the guns, the smoking guns, yeah, it was it was all gimmick, all, all fluff and no stuff, as it were. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have the Garvin brothers. That's Jimmy and Ron taking on the Vashans in. Um, the butcher and um, Mad Dog and Mad Dog. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, having a brain fart, folks. There's some old school wrestling here. Old school wrestling, yeah. Um, but this never happened, right? To your knowledge, to my knowledge, this has not happened. Um, I mean, there. Were, I'm sure you you caught like singles uh, bouts with of a Sean versus a Garvin at some point, but. I don't think there was ever they ever did a, a, a tag team against one another. Well, to get my history correct, I, I believe the Vashans in this case were like the previous era. Yes. Compared to yes, the yes. Garvins. Okay. So I mean, yeah, there might have been some overlapping, but not. There you, was. There you was, didn't see these guys in the prime. Right. There was definite overlapping, especially uh-huh. in the AWA, because you had uh, Gorgeous Jimmy over there. Um, on the roster at the same time as Mad Dog, so there there was definitely I'm sure they were involved in tag team matches as well as single matches, but those tag team matches were never solely the Garvins versus the Bashans. So who do you got? Who do I got? Um, I'm going. With, I'm, I'm going to hear what you say because you're obviously out of the two of us. You're the bigger old school wrestling fan. Um, just because of the the time, uh, the era, the temperament, uh, and and just the work style, um, my vote is for the Bashans. Um, just go back to uh, go back to anything involving Luna Bashan, which is the, yeah. da- the daughter of of Mad Dog, the late Luna Bashan, yeah, yeah, and um, just as as unorthodox and wild and all over the damn place and chaotic as she was, that's essentially how her dad and her uncle wrestled. Um, 
and they were just they you know it was get in there and just you know try to bite your head off <laughs> you know do anything you you can to to win a match um and that and that's just the way it was that's why you you had names like the butcher and the mad dog is it fair to say that the Vashans were part of a core group that helped bring hardcore wrestling to essentially what it is because of the unorthodox style? I'll, I'll give you partial credit. And the only reason I say that is because I think more so than anything, they they lend a lot more credibility and um, time to the notion of just a wild persona sure. of, you know, whether it be someone from a jungle or mm-hmm. parts unknown or, or things of, or, you know, places of that nature. Okay. Um, I think there's a, there's much more history with the Vashans in that as opposed to actual hardcore wrestling. Sure. Because you could easily back then, especially, or considering the AWA as well, you get, you get a lot of that. Like, it wasn't necessarily about them being hardcore and using weapons and changing shit, but it was about them coming in there and just being literally a wild person. Yeah. And coming at you from every which way they could think of, clawing, fighting, scratching, just to get a victory. So, um, that's my pick, though, because you have the Garvins, while they teamed up, uh, it wasn't for a very long time. I was going to say, that was one of my reasons... To, so to uh, there's already that against them, and then you had it. It was interesting too because they kind of have a clash of styles. If you watch enough of the Garvin brothers in singles competition, you have Gorgeous Jimmy who would end up becoming a freebird, and then you have uh, Ronnie Garvin, you know, known as the Hands of Stone. The man didn't know how to throw a working punch, and whenever you were in the ring with him, uh, multiple guys would attest to this. You'd have to watch yourself because he was throwing live rounds all the time. Like, he didn't know how to do anything else. So. Kayfabe, man. Kayfabe. <laughs> you want to ever that? <laughs> so you get those two guys on the tag team, and it, I know it sounds kind of dangerous, but I don't know. For me, they just don't have the level of cohesive, cohesiveness to beat the likes of the Vachans. I think it would work because, you know, for those that are, would say, well, then what are what are the Vashans to you know, win by any means necessary. I think it would work if you had two guys on the Garvin's team, both guys throwing haymakers. And the, Yeah, yeah, know? that's my point. Yeah. There, there's that styles clash, and, and, and it truly is a clash because it doesn't mesh very well. well and I think it, it makes sense because when you think about the Garvin's, you don't think of them together. No. You know, you, you know, Jimmy had his own thing. He did that horrible run with the Freebirds. And then, you know, Ronnie Gar had his own thing too. Yeah. Whether you know, matter where, where it was at. So it, it makes it makes perfect sense. And, you know, this is a tag team tournament. It, you, what are you if not cohesive, then what are you? So uh, for that for that Vashans, I think we're in agreement. They move on to the second round. Real quick before we get to our last match here uh, this week. Again, we're watching uh, the NWA 1988 Great American Bash. War Games is the final match uh, of the card. And earlier I said it was 4-4. Four and four. I completely forgot that uh, James J. Dillon on the Horseman side is also included in this match. And uh, on the 
on Dusty Rhodes' team, you have Precious Paul Ellering as the fifth member. So, I completely forgot that it's five on five this time. As I see uh, James J. Dillon going at it with uh, the likes of Dr. Death of all people. So, fucking crazy to, to think. I mean, both of those guys obviously have wrestled previous to this. So, it's I mean, it's not nothing new, but... yeah. Just to see JJ in the ring at any given time wrestling is it's always just weird to me. And just think about it too, like this is what year eighty eight? It's eighty eight, yeah. So you have Dusty Rose in here. Just a short time away from wearing polka dots. That's right. War gamers the polka dots. Mm. I will never forgive Vince for that. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta forgive and forget, baby. <laughs> As always, uh, you can you can uh, watch what we're watching if you have the WWE Network, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. As Precious Paul Ellering enters the ring. And, uh, yeah, come sit, sit back and watch uh, Old Great American Bash with us while you listen to this episode. But, uh, Moving on, final match of our, our our set of matches for the Good Brothers Tournament this week is going to be Jay and Mark Briscoe of Ring of Honor fame, uh, major, major, majoritively, if I could spit that out. I felt like Foghorn Leghorn there for a second. <laughs> I said, nah, I said, I said. <laughs> Taking on the Headhunters, um... I forget their names. It was a Kane and uh, Kane and Marco. They had Mo Mofat and Mahim. Mofat Mahim. I, well, yeah. I mean, they had different names. They though. had different names. So, you know, actually, with Headhunters. It was just Headhunter A and Headhunter B. They're, <laughs> Our original. Yeah, they're all, <laughs> they're also known as the SWAT team, the Arabian Butchers, which makes sense because they look like Abdullah the Butcher. They do look like Abdullah the Butcher. They're like his kids, um, <laughs> and uh, Los Reggaetones. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I know them from FMW fame. You were showing me footage uh, earlier. Yeah. During the break of them uh, fighting IWA the Dudleys. And, and, uh, yeah, and ECW and, and IWA. ECW and IWA, so. So, yeah, uh, you know, I was not very familiar with this team, admittedly, uh, going into this. But, uh, you know, seeing the, the highlights that I have seen, I I know what we're working with now. <laughs> you know? And, and it, it, not that I didn't believe you before, but it, it totally makes sense to why you were so excited when their first round match was against the Briscoe Brothers. I mean, you just think about it. You think of Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. If, if, if For any of you listening who doesn't know who that is, just please go go YouTube search it or just search it on Google, Abdullah the Butcher. Um, and you'll see that guy pop up. Abby will pop up. Now think of two of him in the ring. Yeah. And they're a tag team. And they're a cohesive tag team. And they've been involved in many a death match, as Matt just witnessed a little while ago. Or there's, there's also think of, think of larger because they do high flying moves. You got guys like Vader, sure. Guys like uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, yeah. Think of guys larger than them, and put them in a death match. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
guys, fly- guys that can move like them. Yeah, flying off the top rope. Yeah. You know. Think of like a, a 400 plus pound man doing an elbow drop right on top of your head. A fucking moonsault. Moonsault while you have a bed of barbed wire on. Uh, you're laying on it. And it's also covered on your chest. I mean, oh, this is, my God. This is the type of shit that we're dealing with. Suplexing <laughs> through fucking glass plates. and Oh, my God. Like, it's... And, like, when they when they took the bumps, it's like... The guy gets suplexed through a glass plate, and he's just laying there. Yeah. Like, just took the, took the fucking bump. Not like, holy shit, like, I'm, I have glass shards all over the place. You know, last week, I did the dishes... Okay. And I and I went to go wash a cup and it broke and immediately I'm just like panicking, like oh no I'm gonna have a fucking cut on my hand again. These guys are just like whatever, you yeah. know, just laying in fucking broken glass. Man, am I a fucking pussy or what? Like, <laughs> so, oh man! All right, so I I gotta know now. Now that you're familiar, yeah. What is your opinion of this match? What is my opinion on this match? Uh, this is. This is definitely going to be a uh, what's the word a, a, a barnstormer? Is that is that it? Is that saying it right? It's gonna be one of those matches to where you're gonna see a lot of blood, even though this is not technically a hardcore match. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're gonna see a lot of blood. You're gonna see a lot of unorthodox moves. But what I love about this match, because the Briscoes are known for this too, you're gonna see a lot of good brother tag team wrestling because what I saw with the Headhunters is what I always see with the Briscoes is that they have that cohesive unit. Yeah. You know, they they know what they're going to do before the other one does it. They, they're they setting up moves that their brother is going to do before the brother is even in position. And that type of wrestling is, it doesn't get, it doesn't get appreciated enough. No. For one. Um, and no matter if you are a, a lucha libre, a technical wrestler, a roughneck, hardcore, whatever you are, uh, that type of cohesive unit, you know, it's like it's like watching, it's like watching a movie that you love, but not appreciate enough to stay behind and see who directed the damn thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very good analogy. So it, it, it's 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 that that's what I feel when it comes to both of these teams here. Now for me, and I'm taking. I'm gonna put it out there right now. The Briscoes are one, are, are are not are one. They are my favorite tag team in this entire fucking planet. Anyone that knows me knows that. I'm taking that off the table. I, I promise you that. <laughs> I'm still going with the Briscoes though, and the reason why is because the Briscoes have been down this road so many times. They have faced so many different. At, at, you know, uh, tag teams of, of so many different kinds, and they they always they're like Batman. They always find a way to win. Yeah, uh, they are. You know, people look at them and they, they say they're they're gutter trash because of the way they look, the way they talk, <laughs> the way they act. They are one of the smartest tag teams that I've ever seen, and they have a way to adapt to style, but not to the point to where they're only good. When their opponent's good, they're always fucking good. They're always good. They just have a way to adapt to the style to where you walk into that ring, oh, this is our game plan for the Briscoes. Well, guess what? They're going to use that game plan against you. Very much a la the, the, the 
what I what I feel is one of the best matches of 2018 between Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream, where it was it was that all over again. Yeah, it's you're gonna use that or Ricochet his match against Ricochet too. I'm gonna use your moves against you, and that's what the Briscoes do. So if if the Headhunters are gonna come in and and do their the the things at the top rope and all that stuff, they're gonna use that against. Them. They're gonna find a way to use that against them and use that momentum against them. And, uh, and not only that, but the Briscoes, they can take an ass whooping for one and get up. And uh, they, they, just, they just find a way to stay ahead of you the entire match and make you look like you're not as good as you actually are. And that's saying something because they've done that with other teams in this tournament. I'm just going to leave it at that for now. They've done that with teams all over the world that's another thing too they're very well traveled not that the headhunters aren't because you know if you've seen them in japan you saw them in ecw uh they i was reading their biography they had a, a brief stint in wwf so i mean they're they're also well traveled as well as impressed as i was with the head the headhunters it's like the briscoes albeit they're much smaller than them it's like watching that cohesiveness but headhunters 4.0 they're just that much more advanced, and for me, the Briscoes take this take this win. Though this would be a fucking dogfight for sure. You know the the other thing that I, you haven't mentioned, I, I don't think you mentioned, was uh, stamina. Stamina. You know yeah. the Briscoes have stamina for days, man. And, and again, not taking anything away from the Headhunters, but let's face it, you're dealing with all that extra body weight, and I don't care how many bumps you take. How, how much barbed wire you, you uh, consume or how many tables you break, that all that extra weight's going to catch up with you eventually. And, and yeah. I think, I think um, the Briscoes have the better lasting power. So Plus everything you just said. So I agree with you, man. I, I think the Briscoes take this one. But you're right. It's I think dog the word dogfight uh, doesn't do the do it any justice. Yeah, man. you're right. You're right. Shit, man. But take my money. I would love to see this match in a heartbeat. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, one of those unfortunate things. The wrong era. Wrong <laughs> yeah, era, right, man. You know the Headhunters are one of those teams that they would thrive in in this tag team. Yeah. Division oh now. yeah. Oh yeah. You know they would they would definitely thrive. You know I mean tag team wrestling we've seen it go from a high rise to the lowest of lows and the Briscoes have been there they've been there yeah. where there's been, been very <laughs> shit tag team wrestling and then you know they've been there when tag team wrestling's been really good and they were a big part of that um, but yeah it, it's, it's hard to bet against the Briscoes in this match because of so many different reasons um, but that would be definitely the hardest hitting match of this of this tournament so far and we've seen some doozies for sure. <laughs> um, that's gonna do it for us this week. Unless you got something else you want to add? No. Um, I just just want to prepare everybody. Uh, I, it's this is our second to last show of 2019. Believe it or not, we're gonna hit 100 episodes in 2020. 2020 is gonna be a big year. Uh, just a little. I don't really do this, but you know, we we are Joe and I are gonna be reliving some of our best moments of 2019. One thing I gotta say is 2019 has obviously been a huge damn roller coaster for me personally in my personal life. But I will say this: professional wrestling has, during the good times and the bad times, as always, just been 
one of the best things in my life, and I just I'm so proud of where wrestling has has has, has come Absolutely. so far. I mean, there's just Absolutely. You, you, we we hear about it at conventions. You know, you talk about it with people. You talk about it with customers at work. You know, just wearing an AEW hat. And I know a lot of them are AEW fans. That's fine. That's that's great. But you know, it's like Impact Wrestling, MLW. You know, don't shit on these these small companies. Warrior Wrestling is going to be on Fight TV now. By the way, you can catch that. It, by this point, it'll be a replay, but you can still catch that for dirt cheap. Yeah. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash F-I-T-E. You might be able to catch it for free depending on how much they charge. If you're a new subscriber, you get $15 worth of credits on us. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe. New subscribers only. I don't care how you do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, wrestling is just everywhere now, and it's just absolutely just proud of, of where where this this uh, this thing that's only meant for little kids as a lot of people say you still watch wrestling oh, hell man. yes I do and damn proud of it and I know everyone that listens to the show is proud of being a wrestling fan too so uh, that's really all I gotta say is you know anything as far as when you see me and Joe in person or on social media I, I implore you to well, let us know what, what your favorite matches and moments and events of 2019 were because it's, it was a hell of a year. Hell of a year, absolutely. Uh, you can do that on social media, twitter.com slash 20x20crew. Hey, tweet us over there. Um, Instagram.com slash 20x20crew. Send us uh, some of your favorite pics from this past year. Uh, we are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our main Facebook page, our official Facebook page. And if you want to come talk to Matt and I on Facebook, you can definitely do that in our Facebook group. And that's facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. We're available on YouTube where you will hear the entirety of the Good Brothers Tournament once it is uh, over, said, and done with. Over on YouTube and only on YouTube at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. It'll take you directly to our official YouTube channel. Please, ladies and gentlemen, hit that subscribe button. Don't forget that little bell to get notified every time new content pops up. Um, and then, of course, our home on the web is 20x20crew.com where you can find merchandise, all of our past archives, and then some. And, uh, that, yeah, I, I couldn't have said it any better, man. It has been a roller coaster ride, man. It has been... It has been a fucking nutty year. <laughs> and uh, as, as much as I, I hate to see it go, I can't wait for it to leave. And, um, and, and you and I will both definitely be on to bigger and better things. Without a, without a doubt. With that being said, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. And for the 90th time, ladies and gentlemen, 90 times. 90. You've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you, you in the, the ring. ring. This edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew has been brought to you by Amazon. Get your Amazon Prime subscription today. You get unlimited music, unlimited ebooks, unlimited movies and TV shows available through their Amazon Prime subscription, as well as free two-day shipping on many products through Amazon.com, as well as in certain areas, one-day shipping. So if you are an impatient person like me, you can get one-day shipping. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, don't forget the uh, unlimited photo storage, too. I think that's pretty uh, oh, absolutely. I don't have anything on my photo storage as of yet, at least nothing I could share with the public. But Ooh. <laughs>
It's photos of me and Kenny Omega. Are you jealous? I I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. Tell them where to go. That's all I got to say. You can find more information on Amazon Prime subscriptions through us, and by doing so, you'll help us here at the show. You don't have to pay anything extra. You sign up for Amazon Prime through us. You get 30 days try out Amazon Prime. You can cancel anytime. We still get the love from Amazon. Go ahead and check us out at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon.